0: Welcome to the Truth Champion Podcast with Ashley Yablon. Join us as Ashley taps into his wealth of experience as a lawyer, a leader, an educator, and an author to inform and inspire others. Listen as Ashley unpacks the real-life implications of standing for what is right against all odds, the pitfalls of blind ambition, and above all, the need to be careful what you wish for, because you just might get it.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 2 of the Truth Champion Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about stand-up no matter what. My name's Paul Catherall. Some people know me as the Podcast Coach, and I'm here really to help Ashley LeBlanc tell his story about an upcoming book that will be published earlier next year. And I am over the moon, super excited to be part of this project. So Ashley will be an interviewed by different guests. We'll also get different co-hosts on. This is going to be awesome. But before we get to that, what we wanted to do is really set the scene and get everybody to know Ashley a little bit more before the book exploded. Because I'm pretty sure this book is going to explode worldwide. Anyway, before we get into that, Ashley, <laughs> how are you today, my friend? Are you well? Doing well. Thank you, Paul. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm really, really excited about this one. So episode two is, I guess, from a young lad from Wales, right? I've never been fortunate enough to be able to meet somebody who's gone, and you see it in the films, right? And we say in the UK to give two fingers to, you know, you may be forced in a predicament which goes against your values. And you've really stood up, and I'm gonna guess on more than one occasion to say, actually, this doesn't feel right to me, and I'm gonna do. Right thing. I know in episode one, you talked about that conversation you had with your father, you know, shortly before he passed. Maybe that's a good starting point for this episode. So why don't you just remind the people, what was that conversation
0: you had with your father and why is it so important to you? Yeah, the conversation I had with my dad was probably about six months before he passed away. And I'm in college and it was on a Sunday. I'll never forget that. Kind of taking a break from schoolwork and from working. And my father, who I'd mentioned, was kind of an entrepreneur and was a businessman who was trying to support a family of five and was doing whatever he could to make that happen. And sometimes it worked out, sometimes it didn't, but that was always his goal. And my father, I guess, was kind of, realizing that he was getting a little bit older and not in the best of health. But he told me on that Sunday, he said, it was very prophetic. He said, if I had it over to do again, Ashley, I would have done everything legit. I would have done everything by the book. I would have not tried to cut corners or, you know, tried to settle for the quick buck. I would have done everything legitimate and I've never forgot that. And it stuck with me. And like I said, that was when I was still in college. And I've never forgotten that. And that really is kind of what led me to uh, what really is at the heart of the book. Yeah, just do everything by the book and do everything legit, right. right? Legit, as
1: we'd say in the UK, I guess it means the same thing, right? So I guess really, where for you is the jumping off point in this story about not the book per se, but standing up? When did you really feel for you? You went, right, there's something happening here, whether it was you know, personal or professional-wise where you went, do you know what? I've got to do something about
0: it. Well, at the time, I had, like I said, I had just become the general counsel for ZTE, the US entity for ZTE. And right when I'd started, I started in October of 2011. And I always call this the, what I call the Thanksgiving meeting. So think about it. A month after I had just started, they had called a meeting with all the executives of of ZTE China in the US. And we were under house investigation for what they considered a threat to U.S. national security. And they were investigating not only ZTE, but my former employer, Huawei. And at the time, they said to me, we've got to do something, Ashley. And what is your suggestion? You're our general counsel. You're the one who's going to tell us what to do. And all eyes turned to me. And I said, well, I think we need to hire a lobbying firm in Washington, D.C., to assist us and who can deal with this House investigation, this House Intelligence Committee. And that's kind of where it started. That was the nucleus. And I'll never forget it. The eyes turned to me and they basically said, and you got to remember, these are Chinese nationals. They're over from China and they basically turned to me and they knew very little about American culture, but they did know about C-SPAN. And they basically said, hey, Ashley, you you are gonna be the one who stands up in front of Congress on C-SPAN and tells them that we're not doing anything wrong. So a red flag appeared at that point. I didn't see it at the time and that's kind of what the book is about, not seeing what red flags are waving in your face. But um, that started it right there and I knew that something... Possible was going to happen. and, And later it did unfold. And that's when I decided I needed to do something.
1: Was there any instances, you know, in your formative years where you had to do the same thing, where you felt you had to stand up? Was there anything else, or was this the main one in your life when, you know, because of my upbringing, because of what my parents taught me, because of kind of what values I hold dear, this is the first time where I've got to stand up and say, look, something's not right here.
0: You know, I'd always stood up for my family, stood up for my brothers and for family members. I stood up for classmates I can remember in elementary and junior high and high school, and even in college, standing up for friends. But this was probably the first time where I was standing up for what I thought was an even bigger thing, and it was yeah. for standing up for, As you kind of find out in the book, it's standing up for our country. When I realized that this was a threat to national security and this was a crime, and it wasn't just a crime of someone stealing something, a petty crime, this was a crime against our country with national huge implications, international implications of spying technology and billions of dollars and and a threat to our livelihood and that's when it really resonated with me this was way bigger than than anything i had ever been a part of ever seen and i guess those words from my father just kind of rang back in my ears do the right thing follow the book and i did and that's what the book is about how did you
1: deal with I guess you'd have conflicting voices in your head, right? You know, right. there's voices that are telling you to do the right thing as your father told you. And there's also voices in there that says, look, you've got to look after your career. You've got to look after your family. You've got the income coming in, et cetera, et cetera. Again, without giving too much away, this, this, is, a, this is the episode about the book. I guess what I'm
0: asking is, how did you deal with those kind of conflicting voices? That's a great question. And that was the biggest struggle. You're weighing so many things. As I said and before, This is everything I'd worked for. This was my dream job, right? Finally, I had my dream job. I had given up everything to get here. I'd sacrificed so much. And now all of a sudden, I was realizing that it wasn't all what it was cracked up to be, number one. Mm -hmm. But if I had to walk away from it, what was I going to do? How was I going to pay my bills? I'm like anyone else. I had a mortgage. I had student loans, things like that, that I needed to pay And I had just gotten married. And my wife at the time had just gone out on her own. She's an attorney as well. okay. And she had left her firm and gone out on her own to start her own law firm. So think about that. I was the only one with a quote, stable income. And I was basically deciding what am I doing? What should I do? And I had You know, all my friends are lawyers. My family is all in my ears and everyone has an opinion. Some people are saying, hey, you just need to walk away. You need to get out of here. But then I thought, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay my bills? And then I had family members and other people who said, just keep your head down. Don't say anything and just go along. And then I thought, if I did that. I see my future in a federal prison because I've just committed treason against our country and I've lied and I knew what was going on and I furthered a crime. So all these things are in my head. And to answer your question, dealing with all these voices, dealing with all these decisions was tough. And I just kind of came back to one thing and it was, you have to do the right thing. None of us do the right thing all the time. And I'm certainly guilty of that, but this one just drew a line in the sand that was so clear to me it was an easy decision to make but it was the hardest thing i've ever done if that makes sense
1: yeah that makes sense well if i can ask about your wife
0: was your wife supportive in terms of your decision did it put any strains on the relationship it put a huge strain on our relationship you know, without going into too much detail, you know, we can talk about that at a later point, but yeah, yeah the, of course, the marriage really suffered and financially as well. I ended up, I'm a lawyer, my now ex-wife, she's a lawyer, but I ended up hiring five different lawyers to represent me. And this was all coming out of my pocket. So I'm borrowing money from family and friends. I'd used up every bit of savings. So you can imagine the stress that that puts on a marriage physically was just taxing and quite a toll.
1: Yeah. And I think for me, the salient point about this is that conversation with your father, you know, six months before, I don't know if it was six months before he passed, that makes it more prominent or whether, it, you know, even if it was alive now, whether or not it would still have the same meaning. But to have that and to take that to you and for you to live by that now, I think for me, that's the stand down
0: point. That's the salient point that I'm going to take from this. Do you have any regrets? I'm asked that all the time. And you know what? The easy answer is no, I don't. Because the other option was to lie or not tell the truth or to keep my head down. And at the end of the day, I look at what could have happened if I had done that. And it was far worse, far worse than me coming and telling the truth. Did telling the truth have a toll on me? Absolutely. I lost um, my money. I lost my career. I couldn't get a job for two years. Ended up costing relationships. And it was a, a toll emotionally and you know on your psyche. Yeah. And you really think, wow, did I make the right decision? But to answer your question, do I have regrets? No, because what would have happened would have been far worse if I wouldn't have told the truth. Did telling the truth exert a huge toll? Absolutely. But uh, I think not telling the truth and taking uh, the easy way out would have been even worse.
1: Is it like the films when you decide to stand up? You know, is it you go, do you have those meetings in the darkened car parks where you've got to wear a baraclava (laughs) and stuff like that? What is it like? Is
0: from like a, a normal guy like myself? Is it like the films? Mine turned out to be like a film. Yeah. Without giving away <laughs> wow. too without giving away too much, my wife and I would have conversations outside of the house with the sprinklers on because we were concerned that our house was bugged. And I don't want to give away too much. Yeah. But, but that was a legitimate concern. And it becomes real when you're meeting with the FBI and you're given your story. And the FBI hands you a cup of coffee and they say, we know exactly how you like your coffee. And how in the world would the FBI know how I like my coffee? That becomes real. And that makes <sighs> it just like the movies. That is a bit scary. No? <laughs> you, um,
1: when we've met before, you said that there was parts where you did fear for your life and thought, know, maybe the safety of your loved one and your family and friends. How did you cope with that at the
0: time? Well, that was hard. You know, when you're getting death threats, texted to you and telling you, we're going to kill you. We're going to kill your family. We're going to kill your children's children. You're scared. And I just kept, I don't know how to say this other than I was laser focused on trying to do the right thing. And I knew at the end of the day that if I stayed the course, which had always been the case all my life, if I just stay the course, if I do the right thing, somehow, some way it's going to pay off. Is it hard along the way when you're getting death threats, when you're having to have conversations outside because you're concerned your house is bugged, when you're followed, when your wife is followed? Those are scary things. But I stayed true to myself, if I can just say that.
1: Yeah, and I think if you didn't stay true to yourself, I think that would be more of a moral dilemma for you right now. Right. And from getting to know you, I think, you know, the type of person you are, if you did elite deviate from do the right thing, do it by the book, be legit. Right. It may have been personally, it may have been an easier journey for you career wise, but I would worry about, I don't mean your mental stability, but certainly your mental health and those type of issues that right. come with doing something that doesn't align with you as a person. Makes sense. Right. For sure. Somebody wants to tell me, sometimes you can have your ladder up trying to get to your goals but you've got to make sure that your ladder's up against the right wall. And I think your ladder would have been up against the wrong wall if you didn't do what was true to you. Right. And then that's not a good place to be for anybody. Cool. Okay. I guess for me, one of the last questions I have is if there's anybody else out there that feels they're in a similar situation, whether that's personal or professional or whatever it be, because it's not always going to be life threatening. It's not always going to be FBI involvement. You're not always going to have to be sort of having conversations outside the house, but There are going to be times in life where you have to stand up for what's right. You know, you have to stand up for what you believe in and you have to stand up for your values. Have you got any advice for people out there in terms of, is there any coping mechanisms? What's the best thing for them to do? How do they do it when they're hearing these voices in their head, like you you shared before?
0: And that's a great question. What I did was basically took all the advice of everyone that was, as you said, in my ear and all the voices And I took where everyone was coming from and everyone has the best intentions. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's you and your gut. And what can you live with? What can you, at the end of the day, look in the mirror and say, I did the right thing or I can live with myself. And that's hard to do. Hopefully no one else has to go through what I did and go through what amounted to just a crazy scenario, But everyone in the largest or smallest type of situation is going to be faced with something where you're going to be called to do the right thing. And I guess what made it not easy for me when I finally made the decision to I had to do this was when one of my attorneys, I turned to him and I said, I don't know how I can do this. And I'll never forget what he said. And it was like the light bulb and the switch went off. And he looked at me and he said, Ashley, I don't know how you can't. And for whatever reason, that resonated with me. And I realized this is what I have to do. And hopefully no one, like I said, I hope no one else has to go through these types of situations, but always say to yourself, this is what I have to do because I have to live with myself. Can I live with myself? And hopefully your situation won't be like this, but you just take those words of, I have to live with myself and I didn't see how I couldn't do it. I think for me, this has been one of the hardest episodes I've ever recorded, but I
1: also think it's one of the most revealing and the most insightful, and it really does give people out there that may find themselves, hopefully not in an extreme situation that you found, but they may be struggling with decisions to make in terms of how they can get through it and how they can cope for it. I think for me, Ashley, you really are an inspiration, I don't say that lightly. So for our, our audience members out there, what's the best way for them to get in touch if you've got any questions or if they just want to find out
0: a little bit more about Ashley? You know, you're doing a lot in social media currently, right? Right. So um, obviously, I'm on LinkedIn and on Instagram and on Facebook as well. But you can also come to my website, which is com. Excellent. Cool. Ashley, again, thank you so, so much for your time. Audience members out there, any
1: questions, anything you want to know, please Get in touch and be ready for the book coming
0: out early next year. Ashley, just remind everybody, what's the book called again? Thank you. It's called Standing Up to China, How a Whistleblower Risked Everything for His Country. How a Whistleblower risked Everything for (laughs) His Country. I love that subtitle. Ashley, thank you so, so much for your time. Have a
1: wonderful day. Everybody out there, please take care. And we'll be back next week with our next episode. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Truth Champion Podcast with Ashley Yablon. To find out more, please visit www.ashleyyablon.com or follow Ashley on social media. Let us know what you thought of today's podcast or suggest topics you'd like Ashley to cover in the future.